All right. It's Saturday here on KIVA 1600 AM, rockoftalk.chat, abq.fm. We are here bringing you our famous Saturday programming. And we're here with Jeffrey Candelaria and his guest, bringing you talk and information you're not going to hear anywhere else. So here's Jeffrey and his guest. Very good. Thank you again, Eric, for producing the show. Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria. Very happy to be with you every Saturday. Tell your friends. It's a very unique uh, format, very unique show. I try to be uh, as transparent as possible uh, and uh, fair, equitable, insightful as possible. And I call out hypocrisy, even my own Ask My Wife, only on Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria. Again, I'd like to thank Eddie Otagon for producing this show and providing the format. Again, tell your friends we're with you every Saturday from 1 to 2 p.m. on 1600 a.m., The Rock of Talk. Make sure you download the Rock of Talk app on your smartphone. Also, like to thank my sponsors. Actually, I have a couple of sponsors coming on board here in the next couple of weeks. Very excited about that. But currently, I have uh, Pavlos Panagopoulos with Satera Financial and Ben Mozak with S3. And it's a security operation company here in Albuquerque. It's not a matter of if your computers at your office or even at home are going to be hacked. It's a matter of when they're going to be hacked and to what degree they're going to be hacked. And if and when that happens, make sure you have somebody like S3 Security, a local cybersecurity company here called Ben Mozak, or get a hold of me, Jeffrey. That's Jeffrey, J-F-R-E-Y, at Candy, uh, excuse me, Jeffrey dot. Uh, candy77 at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to sponsor the show or like to recommend a guest, get a hold of me, jeffrey.candy77 at gmail.com. That's jeffrey.candy77 at gmail.com. Also, like to thank one of my other partners. That's Fundaxi. That's a local fundraising organization here in Albuquerque. We're actually going to be producing our first live networking business event. So business networking is back. And we're calling it the Business Angel event. That'll take place March 30th, Wednesday, from 8 to 9.30 a.m. at Revel Entertainment Center. Again, if you'd like to come as a straight talk from Jeffrey Candelaria guest, get a hold of me through email, jeffrey.candy77 at gmail.com. And don't forget my historical novel, Toro, The Naked Bull, a fascinating interplay of four archetype characters, basically a Shakespearean play on Amazon, Toro, the Naked Bull. Okay, with that, I'd like to introduce a friend, my chiropractor, uh, also a business associate, Dr. Eric Dahl. He's been on the show several times, a very insightful, learned uh, gentleman here, both as a business owner and as a doctor of chiropractic. He is Dr. Eric Dahl, co-owner of Apollo Chiropractic, along with his wife, Emma, on the west side. Thank you for being a guest on Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria. Well, thank you very much, Jeffrey. I appreciate being here today. Well, it's great to, to see you and always a, always a pleasure. So I want to interplay two different constructs throughout the show. You as a doctor, a doctor of chiropractic, and also a business owner. And I want to really kind of talk about COVID-19 from the perspective of the psychology of the pandemic. So you have the disease itself, which is a very curious, you know, multifaceted uh, disease that science is still learning about. 
and it's still changing and evolving or de-evolving depending on how you look at it through mutations uh and but but to me what's really been the most uh insidious aspect of the pandemic over the last two years has been the psychology of the disease particularly in states where there's not a lot of education and enlightenment because people embrace fear so i'd like to, to kind of parse Sure. You as a business owner and so on. So let's begin uh, right away with the question. And again, the governor just recently eliminated the uh, the face diaper, what I call face <laughs> diaper mandate. Uh, did COVID uh, or for uh, for people indoors and outdoors, which we are thankful for. But the question right now is, Doctor Dahl, did COVID nineteen the virus go away? Yes or no? Uh, definitely not. That's a no. The uh, virus is still uh, certainly present in the uh, environment and uh, infected in many individuals throughout uh, the United States. And so this does not end the pandemic, or, or we shouldn't necessarily say this is the breaking point between the, uh, the end of the pandemic. Um, one of the best analogies I heard is that uh, the state of California is, is officially looking at it as a change from a pandemic to an endemic disease. And so... Define terms, please. Yes. And so there's uh, basically three classifications of diseases. Um, and uh, the first one is, is endemic, which means within a certain group. Epidemic, uh, meaning the, the prefix epi means outside of the original group. And pandemic means uh, across the pan, the Greek word for all. Uh, across all people and so the way uh, and this is I just read this this morning the state of California is looking at this as an endemic disease and so they are looking at small populations uh, uh, small communities and how the disease rates are within those communities and not as the the state as a whole yeah so more of the parochial approach yes particular populations yes which maybe in hindsight our government and the powers that be, many of whom we didn't elect, like Fauci, you know, remember, he's not accountable because nobody elected him. Mm-hmm. Yet he was for probably a year and a half the most powerful person on the face of the planet. And yet you're talking about somebody who's a bureaucrat who's not been even accountable as an elected official. So in hindsight, people like him as epidemiologists and so forth. By the way, epidemiologists who were dictating, you know, closing your business down and wearing face diapers. They themselves are not economists, so no, they never really appreciated or had a sensibility toward the business aspect of things. And that was always really bothersome to people like me who own a business and you. Mm-hmm. So do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, the, a person like Fauci, whether you agree with his politics or not, is not an economist, not a business owner. So the, the, the simultaneous concomitant sensibility to business people, economics, economy, Inflation now at 8%, probably more, right. but also him as a, a learned health official. The two were never married in terms of policymaking. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, and, and I think uh, in terms of uh, the efforts of what uh, Dr. Fauci and uh, the Centers for Disease Control were attempting to do, uh, you're right, they did not necessarily take a, a economic outlook on, on how the disease spread. The uh, fact that this was a pandemic that grew in numbers so greatly exponentially, um, both you know uh, here in the United States and around the world, I think their chief goal was to manage the spread of the disease. The disease was going to spread regardless, but I think their chief goals were 
primarily to manage the disease to where the rate of infection, the rate of hospitalization was manageable that it didn't actually overwhelm and crash our entire system where you would have people, and I hate to say it in such graphic terms, but dying on the streets yeah. because they couldn't receive any health care. So I think it was understood that, that because of the nature and the infectious nature of uh, the, the infection rate that this uh, uh, virus uh, has as part of its, uh, uh, just its quality, that by spreading out the length of time that the disease was going to spread through the population, it, it became more manageable for the healthcare system. Now, by and large, it, it, it made us shut down the economy. Uh, because if, if we would have had everybody going to work as it was, it could have re really probably overwhelmed the entire system. And again, it could have ended up so bad that people literally were dying in the streets. But obviously it affected your business and still oh, yes. it has, uh, you know, injurious effects on your business currently, right? Yes. And the, the injurious effects currently, initially it was, it was due to everybody had the great fear of, uh, uh, you know, the basically the quarantine, the staying home, the, the non-contact. Uh, we've been into this two years now, and as we will talk later in the program, the injurious effect has now been more of a uh, psychology of, of work and uh, being able to find uh, quality people to, to work in office settings that want to come back to the office setting and being able to work that uh, regular work day uh, without feeling like they're needing to go home or work from home. And so being, being um, a business, a small business owners that does depend on people uh, working for us, it has been hard to find those people to come back to work for us. My guest is Dr. Eric Dahl, co-owner of Apollo Chiropractic, former Air Force uh, service person. Thank you for your service. And again, a small business owner, but also a doctor of chiropractic. So he understands uh, more than the average person really the science of of, uh, of the virus more than the average person would. Plus, knowing you as I do, Dr. Dahl, uh, you are a very curious person and you're quite erudite in your studies of things like COVID-19. And remind our listeners again, Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelaria. Thank you, Eric, for producing the show. Thank you, Eddie Aragon. If you'd like to be a sponsor or if you think you'd like to be a guest on the show or recommend a guest, get a hold of me, Jeffrey dot candy 77 at gmail.com there is no other show in new mexico like my show i am a new mexican from about 1620 i think our ancestors here i only make that point because i'm not as i always say some academic coming from howard university or yale university telling you how to live your life i've owned a business and i have survived and am surviving the gauntlet of the new mexico experience which is a very very unique, you know, experience. But getting back to the virus itself, remind our listeners again, a virus is not a living material like a bacteria, because a lot of people get confused and think it's an actual bug, B-O-G, you know, which is a colloquial term for some kind of a bacterial infection. It's right. it's really a, a, an apparatus, almost a, a mechanism by which it replicates in our in our very you know, foundation at the cellular level. So just remind our listeners of the obvious, the right. COVID virus, like the flu and all that, it's not a living material. Absolutely. Yeah, viruses are not alive. And so viruses, and like your your description there, it's it's very mechanistic in its approach to how it um, how it uh, replicates. And, and I don't even want to say how it lives because a virus doesn't live, it replicates. 
it has no uh, metabolic functions and so the single purpose of a virus is it, it contains genetic materials it has to find a host to infect it uses the host's um, uh, cellular processes particularly the nucleus of a cell to replicate its genetic material to create the proteins within the host cell to create the proteins to reconstruct the virus to the point where the, there is so much virus within a cell that it literally ruptures and explodes from within so that more virus can spread to surrounding cells and the process begins again. And so virus always needs It's almost a, like an invasion, right? It's an invasion. It's yes. an invasion. It's a multiplicative invasion. Like what's going on on the southern border. That's a separate topic. <laughs> but but seriously, it is a, it's an invasion at the cellular level. Yes. Yes. And so the way our the only way our body can can naturally fight a virus is that once the invasion or the infection has occurred and uh, the virus begins to grow and multiply that there becomes enough uh, remnant protein from these viruses that our immune systems can find them attached and, 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 and create antibodies for them, this process takes anywhere from 12 to 48 hours for the initial antibodies to appear. And so it's very key that those antibodies are, are designed specifically for that virus because the antibodies will then come and attach to the virus rendering them somewhat inert, but also then it signals the other mechanisms within our immune systems, particularly the T cells. The antibody signals a T cell, hey, it's like it's like somebody waving down a cop, hey, come over here and take care of this criminal. So so the um, the the antibody signals the T cell to come over, take care of the criminal, in this case the virus, consume the virus and dissolve it so it can't re rep replicate. So not to get too caught up in prosaic minutia at the scientific level, Let's see, adenine, guanine, thymine, cytosine are the... The uh, nucleotides. Which make up the DNA molecule. Yes. See, I remember my biology from 40 years ago. At any rate, the our own immunity system then commandeers material from the invader. Yes. In this case, COVID-19 or Delta, whatever its, its incarnation is. So it commandeers that material to create its own antibody protection mechanism. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So again, it's really fascinating to me, doctor, you as just, you know, an average American citizen like me or whatever. Why don't these talking heads ever re-describe what I just and you just described? They just keep talking about, you know, variants, antibodies. They never talk about what these mechanisms are, how any of this stuff works. Right. And that's what I try to do on this show is not make assumptions that the average American even understands what you just described and and enlighten people about what the hell they're dealing with so that they can maybe make their own decisions about attenuating fear. Right. Right? Right. I, I really think, and that's one of the things, is that if, if you have an understanding of something, then management of the fear becomes uh, much better to do. Right. Um, and that was, I think, poorly communicated early on. Uh, all we heard was about the... Uh, you like to call it the China virus, but but the but the the Corona SARS two virus, which is which causes the COVID nineteen disease, uh, coming in from China, and then I can remember hearing about the first cases. I think in January, uh, right. first first one I heard it was in California, but then how fast it it, it spread, and so in, I I think it was poorly communicated the mechanism of both virus transmission. 
what cells in the body the, the, the virus attacks to. It, it would attach to the, the ACE2 um, uh, receptor on lung cells. And then the mechanism by which the infection occurs, the destruction of lung tissue, and then the, the spreading of well, the virus. Well, not only that, doctor, but even the fact that the most rudimentary component, it's not a living material. Right. It's an apparatus. It's, an, it's, a, it's a mechanism of action, if you will, or de-action, right. however you want to look at it, in our, at the cellular level. I mean, these damn talking heads don't dissect or tear apart words, nomenclature, vernacular, that they think the average person you know, just assumes, mm-hmm. understands. Right. Like even, for example, I want to cover this, a vaccine really does three things. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to ideally attenuate or reduce or thwart how bad if you get sick, you get sick. Correct? One. Yes. Two, ideally a vaccine prevents you, whoever you is, from getting the disease. Three, it uh, again thwarts or reduct, uh, re- provides reduction of transmissibility. You hit all so three. again, the average person do that do you think the average person in america says what is a vaccine supposed to accomplish understands those three components no so we've been dealing with this for three two years our economy has been affected a million people have died in this country and none of these damn talking heads including trump or biden none of them ever explained what a vaccine actually does in terms of its mechanism of action right why do you think we're not learned as a population do you think we just don't care we the people or the people that have power and influence don't want us to know oh i think and this is purely a personal opinion if that is that if you can't explain it within 15 to 30 seconds you've lost your audience um americans have very uh in my opinion most americans have very short-term uh attention when it comes to something they don't know and they, uh, unfortunately, we tend to tune out more quickly than we tune in. And so instead of uh, taking an interest in, you know, especially, you know, something deadly as, a, as, as this virus Or something is, that's going to shut down your business. Right. That, uh, and instead of, of taking the time to understand it, a lot of people, uh, again, because we've put so much trust in our authority figures that, it's, uh, I, think, I think we just have, especially here in America, we just say somebody else is going to worry about that for me and don't take the time to learn about the Then why did property. 97 million people watch that uh, decrepit halftime show for the Super Bowl? Why are we more interested as a population in the Super Bowl, the halftime? And I'm mm-hmm. one of those people, yeah. but at the same time, I can simultaneously be interested in understanding a mechanism of action called a... a uh, you know, a, a vaccine. Right. Well, uh, let's 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 step back two thousand years. Do you remember the phrase "bread and circuses"? Yes, that's uh, from the period of uh, Augustus Caesar. Yeah, and uh, so the, keep got, them distracted. That's why the Colosseum was probably maybe man, you know uh, constructed. Yes, right about. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. About twenty years after Nero Caesar died, uh, Vespucian. I think. Yes, Vespasian. Vespasian. Yes. I was close. Yes, it, it was the original name of the Colosseum was the Vespasian Amphitheater. So, to give our uh, listeners some context, that was approximately a hundred years after Jesus Christ was born. Yes, isn't that interesting? It is. The things you learn on Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelier because of yes. guests like. Yes. By the way, Apollo, right, the son of uh, 
was son, that the Zeus the, guy? The, the son of Zeus. Who uh, roamed around the sun or something? The, so, yes, the, the uh, Apollo, the, the, the god of healing and light. There and, we go, light. Not, not to be confused with Lucifer. <laughs> no, <laughs> of enlightenment. Yeah, but anyway, getting back to, so part of this is we the people just aren't all that interested in something like understanding the mechanisms of action for COVID or how a vaccine works because right. we're too intellectually lazy. But at the same time, it has affected every single human being really on the planet, on the but planet. in this country, yes. either at an economic level or the invocation of fear. Because I, I surmise that now that the face diaper uh, mandate edict uh, has been removed, mm-hmm. I surmise 30% of this population in Mexico, because they're afraid, will continue to wear a face diaper. Right. And so with, with, with uh, in terms of the mask, and I can see myself in certain situations uh, continuing to wear the mask, in others I won't. Uh, and that's a personal choice. But what the governor has done by lifting the mask mandate has given us the personal choice back, which so often you advocate for. It's a personal choice. It's, that's why I'm a libertarian. Right. A conservative libertarian. But At any rate, why do you think she... We were one of the last states. Last mm-hmm. I checked, there's 50 states plus the District of Columbia. One of the last states to remove the edict of wearing a face diaper. Well, I think, uh, uh, and, and again, this is personal opinion. I have no data to back it up. Right. But uh, I think it. I think it finally became uh, very evident that compliance was just not there any longer, uh, and people were just going to go do their own thing. And so one of the so worst, you witnessed oh, anecdotally people just like people like me. I was not wearing it at all, right? You know, and and so you know it, uh, it it's one of those things. Uh, and and you know we're talking you know into into politics and more societal level attitudes. But if you have laws in the books that people don't follow, then why would they follow a different law that's really important to follow? Yeah. And so uh, in removing the edict, it's just it's just acknowledging the fact that people aren't, aren't going to be compliant anymore. Yeah. But remember that, again, Eric Dahl, co-owner of Apollo Chiropractic. By the way, what is your contact information? Yes. Emma will get mad at me if we don't. <laughs> yes. I love you, Emma. Just kidding. What's your contact information, Dr. Dahl? Yes. Uh, Apollo Chiropractic Health and Wellness. Uh, we're on Albuquerque's west side. Uh, phone number, Eric at 505-792-3311. And I can tell you, folks, uh, not just because you're a guest and you're in front of and you're in my presence, you've been, uh, you know, treating me pretty much every six weeks or so mm-hmm. for about two years. And it's really helped because I run and bike and I put a lot of stress on my body. I'm, right. you know, not uh, I'm, I'm a little older than the average bear. So I do recommend highly that people consider chiropractic as a way to complement other regiments that you, you know, again whoever you is right you know participate in well and and that's that's you know one of the things about uh chiropractic and and honestly you know generally i think uh you uh leave our office a little happier person than when you came in absolutely uh, you're, you're you you appear more, more calm more more uh, uh at peace with yourself yeah and your body's getting a chance to to heal from all the stresses that you put you know, you're, 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 I get that same effect when I go to Hooters too. I'm a little bit when I, <laughs> just kidding. It's a joke. It's a joke. But, just you know, kidding, Nancy. You're, you're a hard driving person. And, uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's a little time for yourself to, to regroup. Yeah. But getting, uh, getting, revisiting back, uh, the psychology of COVID, right? The, the, the pandemic. I think also because people like to be part of a group and group think and validation mm-hmm. and approval. I think there are people that will continue to wear the mask because 
maybe their groups, you know, their parochial right. little group has a sense of either fear or ethical, you know, uh, ethical uh, authority. I'm more interested in health than you are. Right. You're bad because you're not wearing a mask. So there's also that. I guess it's called virtual signaling. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like using Facebook terms, but I'm more concerned about health than you. So I'm wearing a mask and you're not. So maybe people in those little groups, because people are really attached to groups. Mm-hmm. Again, the psychology of not wanting to defy your group. I think that also has had an extraordinarily and profound effect on how we perceive wearing the face diaper. Oh, I, I, I call it a face diaper. Yeah, I, I, I would I would I would highly highly agree with that and so i think there's you know obviously there are times we we do things individually and other times we do things as far part of the group think process um uh, i know for myself uh i I find the fact that the the mandates lifted i find that quite liberating Uh, however uh, i know in my practice especially during the winter months uh, when colds and flus tend to spread more easily uh, along with covid uh, I'll probably continue uh, more than likely when I'm working around patients uh, in it because chiropractic is a, is, is a, is a close contact um, uh, therapy that I will probably wear my mask because I'll probably see anywhere from close contact uh, anywhere from uh, 8 to 15 people a day. Even though you've already had COVID and the, the current version of, of COVID, which is now uh, uh, Omicron, mm-hmm. All Greek, all Greek letters, by the way. Even though it's it's it, you've had it, you have. Well, it, I've had the vaccine. I haven't had. The okay, disease. you've had the vaccine. Right. Okay. I'm fully vaccinated. Yes. And uh, did you ever acquire uh, COVID? Never, never. Uh, no. And that's I'm, I'm very, very thankful uh, to the to the the spirits that be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that uh, uh, I haven't uh, acquired the disease, but I've been fully vaccinated. And considering the amount of people I've I've been in close contact with uh, in my practice of chiropractic i feel my, myself very fortunate but yeah. neither me nor my wife has acquired the disease uh or shown any symptoms now that being said in all likelihood because the nature of of the virus we've probably been exposed but we have very healthy immune systems because we do other things yeah. uh, to keep ourselves healthy and our immune systems are strong. so that's a good point i want to remind our listeners of this again straight talk with jeffrey candelaria thank you for tuning in every saturday from 1 to 2 p.m. Thank you, Eric, for producing the show. Thank you, Eddie Aragon, for letting me have this format. If you'd like to sponsor the show, get a hold of me, jeffrey.candy77 at gmail.com. There's nobody else that I know of on radio that asks poignant questions, pointed questions, direct questions, holding myself accountable, admitting even my own hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Do you, would you admit oh, yeah. there's very few people like me on right. the air? And I'm not trying to say I'm a great guy. I'm just saying I'm truly trying to bring light where right. there is darkness on a particular topic. Right, right. Well, and that's, that's one, of the, one of the joys of you know, both doing this show with you and you know when we when we talk uh, off offline and and at the office is, is that even though we are on different ends of the political spectrum, our conversations are so inspiring and intelligent and thought provoking that I think we both get that mutual benefit out of it, and that, yeah. and that's uh, and that's really what what dialogue is about. Well, and it used to be what you know the market place of ideas used to be about. Right. I think the founders had this idea that someone like Jeffrey Candelaria from South Broadway. And Eric Dahl from Connecticut, you know, some Washington Air Force State. guy, wherever. <laughs> but, you know, we come from yeah. very different backgrounds, yes. can, can get together, become friends, become business associates, learn from each other without having to surrender our convictions. Right. 
but maybe putting together some salt and pepper on an egg, or last I checked, Christmas, red and green chili makes for a better enchilada, Mm -hmm. right? Right. But yet you have all these dichotomized, you know, uh, ideologies going on, Fox, CNBC, Biden, Trump, and no one talks to each other. Exactly. And it's just, I don't know that that's going to change. Right. You know, but uh, I digress. Uh, Getting back to the, the psychology of disease, what really bothered me throughout the last two years was the hypocrisy of how some people were able to put policies forth and yet didn't have to live with them themselves. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to pick on Pelosi, but, you know, look at the Super Bowl, all these elitist Hollywood persons making millions of dollars doing movies and everything and entertainers. Right. Oh, you know, they're all, oh, you know, we care about people and, you know, we, we wear our masks. Anytime you see a photograph... They're not wearing their masks. So that was hypocrisy, number one. The other Mm -hmm. one was when you'd watch a sporting event or any of that, for example, you'd see the coaches all, you know, circumspectly wearing their their masks and all the the crowd wearing their masks. Mm -hmm. But the players aren't wearing a mask. Or you walk into a restaurant and you wear your mask and then you sit down. So COVID's not at the table, yeah, I, I, but it was everywhere else. I, hear the I mean, all that hypocrisy was just so yes. just infuriating to me. And it's yes. like I didn't hear people just calling out the obviousness of it. What, what were your thoughts on, on some of that? Well, it, uh, again, with the um, uh, I, I, I look at it as as time went on, especially in the last uh, the last three to six months. Uh, the compliance has fallen off so 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 greatly that the 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 mandate lost its effectiveness. I think there are benefits to uh, the mask wearing if you're if you're trying to stop the spread of the disease. But we've gotten to a point we're not at that. We're we're, not, we're as a society not. And at I that respect place that, doctor. But again, to yeah. my point, when you walk into right. again, I always oh, say yeah. whoever you is, you walk into a restaurant. There's no methodology, no. scientific methodology or credibility or credence to no. you wear a mask walking in, you take it off when you sit down, is there? No, there is not. There was, I mean, there's I mean, the atmospherics yeah. in a restaurant are all the circulate. same. Yes. And it's, it's just like, I, that just seemed in and of itself to be the very paragon, mm-hmm. the apex of hypocrisy and nonsense. Right. Right. No, I, I unfortunately, I don't want to say unfortunately, but uh, but I would agree with you that uh, uh, it, it became more of uh, unfortunately the the show of wearing theater. the mask, the theater, yeah, of uh, cosmetic theater. Right. It. But at that point, where you have a restaurant full of people uh, sitting at tables uh, that are no longer, you know, they're really not uh, socially distanced anymore, and the the fact that you can just take off your mask while you're sitting at the table, laugh. You know, cough, yeah. chew, sneeze, whatever, while you're eating dinner, uh, made no difference in the spread of the disease with you walking in with your mask. Yeah. Again, my guest, Dr. Eric Dahl, co-owner of Chiro- uh, Chiro- Apollo Chiropractic on the West Side, uh, also a, a U.S. Uh, retired uh, Air Force service person. Did you fly jets? I did. Uh, wow. I flew the C-141, a big old transport airplane. Fantastic. It's, it's been retired uh, back in the uh, late 90s. Wow, yeah. that's fantastic. I, I appreciate your service very much so. Uh, also want to have you on the show sometime to talk about my second favorite topic, uh, UFOlogy. Yes. You know, another time we'll talk about that. So now that the, the masks, uh, 
in a place like New Mexico have been attenuated. Again, New Mexico is a big place. Not a lot of urban communities, right? Right. Albuquerque is one of the few real urban centers in in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Maybe the second largest is Las Cruces with uh, 125,000. Albuquerque, almost a million people when you count, you know, all the surrounding uh, little villages. Uh, do you think we're any safer today than we were a week ago no. overall? No, and that's the thing about about dropping the mask mandate. It doesn't change our level of safety um, the way I would understand how disease uh, progresses. And so, again, uh, like uh, California is looking at it, shifting from a pandemic to an endemic disease. And I think that's the way we're going to need to move forward. Yeah. Um, And we can look at, you know, many different types of diseases in terms of the populations that they affect. Um, but even, you know, let's look back, uh, you know, 30 years when HIV became um, the, the, the deadly scare that it truly was. Um, and there was, there was great um, uh, public health information trying to stop the spread of HIV. Eventually, we've learned how to live with the disease. We've developed therapeutics. Are we talk um, about AIDS? Yes. But remember, doctor, because our country is very j- judgmental. Yes and always invoking its moral authority because HIV was affecting mostly homosexuals, a marginalized community, whether I agree with that or not. Right. The overall mainstream American didn't give a crap about it. In fact, you had some hyper-Christian segments of the population, particularly in the South, that said that was God's will. Mm -hmm. Right. You remember that? I do, I do. So it's interesting that there's always politics and religion that interplay and are married to disease. Yes. Isn't that fascinating? It is. Well, it's, it's the, uh, uh, I, th- I think, especially from the religious standpoint and the psychological standpoint, when a disease hits a large group of people, people think it's an act of God. Uh, you know, so, you know, I mentioned HIV 30 years ago, and that caused a great uh, uh, concern among people, but people learned to live with it. Uh, and we didn't shut down businesses. We, we did not shut down businesses. And no. people weren't asked right. to wear a mask and all right. that. Right. But it, but it was but it was a huge public health concern. Yeah. Uh, and so you know it it's, it stoked fear right into the hearts and minds of, of the population, and 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 their their activities. Um, so uh, you know that's that's an example of being exposed to a disease that had a high level of attention and then it drops off and then people, uh, the doctors, the medical profession develops therapeutics for it and now it's largely a manageable disease. Um, it's no longer a death sentence. Yeah. Uh, you, let's look back to the great, the, uh, the Black Death back in the 1300s. I mean, that was definitely, people thought that was an act of God and that killed a third of the population. We're yeah. not talking 1% of the population, we're talking 30 So think about that, folks. As bad as this COVID thing has been, I'm not even talking about economics, but a million people died in a country. Last I checked, there's 340 million people, not including the uh, illegal aliens. Uh, Black Death killed one out of three people in Europe. One out of three people died in about a 10 year in period. about a 10 year period. And that's I think it was about 30 to 40 million people at that time. Again, that was all of Europe. You're talking about Spain. You're talking about Italy. You're talking about France. You're talking about England. You're talking about that segment. And remember, it didn't go away for about 100 years. Remember, it kept yep. resurrecting this it thing would. called bubonic plague. Right. But that was a bacteria bacteria. Yes. So that was not a virus. Right. Correct. Yeah, correct. 
but just the fact of, of how how disease spreads and the uh, the fact that uh, but people looked at the black plague you know obviously less science it's an act of god yeah yeah but it was an act of god so and remember re- at so that time in, plays a, and at that time in, in europe the papacy the pope had really supreme power on how people thought remember oh yes i mean even more so today i mean cause i don't think the pope has much effect on people's thinking maybe the catholic population which is still what 200 million people in america but worldwide but europe was 89 percent whatever the pope says that's god's will at right. that time mm-hmm. right right so again i think that we've you know with uh, science and knowledge we've you know our society's transformed a lot into uh, a much more secular society so the vacuum that Secular's, secularism is going to fulfill is through politics yeah. and not through religion. My guest, Dr. Eric Dahl, Cohen of Apollo Chiropractic. The difference is today's papacy has been replaced by Pelosi, Schumer, Trump, Biden. So the political dynamic now attached itself to the disease, whereas uh, 800 years ago, the religious component attached right. itself to the disease. Right. Remember, what Aristotle said, every person is a political animal. It's just a matter of to what degree. Right. And whether you're the peasant or whether you're part of the elite. Absolutely. Only on Straight Talk with Jeffrey Catalan. All right. Getting back <laughs> to the a vaccine, and then I want to kind of move on to how yeah. some positive news. What can we do to strengthen our immunity? But before that, the vaccine we were told in March 2020 Oh, if we develop a vaccine, you know, it's going to eliminate the disease. So I think the average American thought it's going to prevent me from getting the disease. It's going to prevent me from getting really sick. And it's going to prevent me from transmitting the disease. Right. Well, the vaccine in whatever form you took, Moderna, whatever, it only did one of the three things. All it did was, and I don't mean to minimize it, but it Mm -hmm. didn't reduce or thwart or eliminate getting the disease it didn't eliminate transmissibility what it did do was reduce the severity of how uh, if people get the disease right so it only did one of the three things well i, I would say it did i in my opinion it did at least two uh, obviously i think reduce the severity it probably uh reduced the transmission rate um what i, I had seen happen that when we started getting going through the big vaccine phase last spring uh, because it became uh, the the vaccines became approved roughly December 31st mm-hmm. or it started the year January 1st of, of last year um, and the the rate the infection rates actually dropped tremendously and then um, in last August uh, the Delta variant emerged and unfortunately that emerged out of uh, primarily India where vaccine the vaccination rate was was very low and what it turned out is that the the delta variant and then finally the omicron variant um the vaccines that we received were for the original strain of of the sars cov 2 virus um but it it didn't perfectly match the delta variant nor the omicron variant and this is what we were talking about earlier that our our immune our immune systems make antibodies for a particular aspect of it and so the the antibodies that we had um, from the original vaccine weren't perfectly matched to the Delta and the Omicron, so some infection did get through. Yeah, and again, the vaccine was designed for a 1966 Dodge 
air filter, and then it changed to right. a 1974 Ford Impella or Chevy Impella. That air filter doesn't work on the Impella, right. even though it's still an air filter. Again, all yeah. these damn talking heads, including Biden, all these other guys, why don't they ever explain that when something changes called uh, the evolution or de-evolution of a virus mm -hmm. that the original vaccine designed, right. it may not be as effective because the very mechanism looks different. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe they don't want to admit it because they have to admit their own folly or their own lack of being able to deal with the disease. Right. Because it's always ego that drives almost anything you listen to. Right. Right. Right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It, uh, it, uh, that's the ego is the impetus for all action of a human. I love Sigmund Freud. All right. Let's talk a little bit about how your business and Emma's business as a small business owner has been affected. But before we do that, what are some things the average person can do on Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candelary do to strengthen or bolster our immunity system? Well, and uh, yeah, that's, uh, I think, extremely important is that uh, generally as Americans, we're, um, our, immune, our immune systems aren't nearly as strong as they should be. Oftentimes because we eat too many processed foods, we do uh, activities that are unhealthy. Uh, among the best things you can do is supplement your diet every day with, with vitamins and minerals. And there's uh, a lot, a lot, all sorts of uh, uh, products out there. Uh, we use a particular brand in our office, and uh, Emma and I use. It's called USANA. We found it to be extremely effective. And um, during this, this whole time of, of COVID, since two years ago, uh, uh, March, when, when, the, when the pandemic officially hit, I guess you might say, the uh, we have not been ill with any colds, flus, COVID. And what anything. are some of the constituent parts like is it vitamin D, zinc, any of that? Yes, it's uh, so the the vitamins we consume is a full spectrum uh, uh, vitamin supplement. Um, in particular, uh, what has been shown uh, in an Israeli study uh, recently is that your uh, pre-disease. So let's say, let's say you have not had COVID yet. If your vitamin D levels are relatively high, if you happen to get the disease. Uh, you're going to have uh, a less than 10% chance of developing severe COVID. And again, I always say reminding our listeners, vitamin D is in dog, that's sun. That is sun. But yep. again, we're always taught contrarian kind of messages. You know, don't eat eggs, they're bad for you. Now eggs are good for you. Don't be in the sun. It, 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 you know, it's bad right. for your skin. But if we don't get enough sun, we don't get enough vitamin D to thwart off things like the virus. So right. You admit as a doctor, we get all these mixed messages from yes. so-called political inf people of influence and in science, right? Right. Well, and, and what, ha I, what I tend to see happen uh, that in, in, the, in the scientific research and medical research community, they often do um, uh, uh, just a single facet study or maybe a bifacet bi study uh, and not taking into account other elements. And so the eggs, the cholesterol, well, high cholesterol equals heart disease. Well, eggs have high cholesterol, therefore don't eat eggs. Well, it turns out that turned out to be one of the worst, worst things ever. Uh, eggs, uh, uh, a natural egg, uh, pasture-raised egg is full of vitamins and minerals. It's, it has vitamin D in it, it has vitamin A in it. These are all things that help boost your immune system. A natural egg has uh, lecithin in it, which lecithin is a natural... Um, uh, a carrier away of harmful cholesterol. And so it has, the egg was, 
even though if you look at just the pure chemical components, it's high in cholesterol, but it also has other components that helps neutralize the negative effects of that cholesterol. Yeah. But it, the study was looking for a singular outcome. Exactly. Like, don't, don't date women that have six toes. <laughs> Guess who would not have been dateable? Marilyn Monroe. Norma Jean would not have been dateable. She had six toes on her right foot. I had no idea. Yeah. Anyway, the things you learn on Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candle. Right. But vitamin D does tend to be uh, an indicator. And what about zinc? I hear a lot of right. good about zinc. Right. Uh, uh, zinc, um, uh, and, and of course you don't want to overdose on, on a, any particular mineral or any particular supplement, but, but zinc is, a, is, a, is critical in uh, stimulating the immune cascade. So when you get infected with something or or uh, a virus enters you, a bacteria enters you, a fungus enters you, that it um, zinc is helps stimulate the immune system to react to a foreign body. And so having a sufficient amount of zinc in your body uh, primes the body to uh, meet invaders as they come in. Okay. Any other, probably getting out a little bit more exercise. Yep. You know, the other thing that I was reading throughout this Chinese virus, people should consider full cycle breathing throughout the day. Yes. And this is an obvious thing. And I tend to be guilty of it because I had such an obsessive, you know, personality. Breathing completely in and out mm -hmm. as often as you, you know, can. Right. Because people breathe very shallowly. The reason that's important is it, mm -hmm. it strengthens our lungs. And COVID really is uh, deleterious to our lungs. It is. It is, and uh, and I think we had talked a little bit about this last time you were in, but uh, and and you were you're practicing full diaphragmatic breathing, um, and that's using your diaphragm, the muscle that sits right up, you know above your uh, stomach region, basically inside you. Uh, when your diaphragm relaxes or drops, um, that is when uh, your lungs naturally in inhale with air, and then. When you exhale, the diaphragm moves back up, pushes the air out of your lungs. That is the most efficient way to breathe. Now, when we get stressed out um, or under, under exertion, um, but particularly during stress, uh, our diaphragm doesn't drop as easily uh, just because we're stressed and we don't, we don't breathe with our diaphragm. We then tend to breathe with our upper chest muscles. Uh, and those muscles are the muscles that between the ribs uh, to expand and contract the, the rib cage to allow breathing to occur. Unfortunately, that does not empty all our lungs out of the uh, air that we've already consumed, and so we get trapped air, uh, in, especially into our lower lungs. Um, and that you know, is basically air that's high in carbon dioxide um, and uh, is not exhausted properly, yeah. and it changes our blood chemistry. The point is, let's, the thrust of all this is exercise your lungs, yes. strengthen them, which also would be a natural, very organic, intrinsic way yes. of helping thwart off uh, whatever le is left of COVID-19. Uh, again, uh, we've only got about 10 minutes. I want to talk a little business. Last question. We're now approaching the first quarter concluding in what is called the, you know, the calendar year. 1582, Gregory changed the calendar because we lost 40 days because of Julius Caesar. Different topic. Most people made up uh, resolutions, yes. exercise, give up redheads, just a joke, uh, <laughs> give up smoking, whatever. Most studies tell us that by March 1st, 87% of those people that made resolutions, particularly the physical ones, right. don't 
uh, continue those. Any right. thoughts on resolutions and how they kind of just fade into the, sure. you know, into the ether? Sure. I I, I, th- I think, uh, and it's kind of in the in the in the in the. And this is where where words matter: resolutions versus goals. When you resolve to do something, uh, you become resolute. Uh, it's a black or white issue. And so uh, when we make a resolution, that means psychologically we have to hold ourselves to that resolution. There's no cheating. There's no, there's no slippage. There's no um, uh, gray area. And so when we say, well, I'm, I'm, I resolve to uh, exercise four days a week, five days a week, uh, and uh, for the next uh, next year, well, life gets in the way. You may not be able to make those four or five days every every week, and so tend to what happens uh, in our in our in our psyche is that once we break a resolution, well, it's, I guess it wasn't that important, and we tend then not to follow through. And I think that really happens, like you mentioned, by March, eighty some percent of people have have fallen off the resolutions. Um, probably a better way to look at it is people should set goals. Um, and I, I always talk about SMART goals, uh, SMART being an acronym for your goals should be uh, specific. They should be measurable by some metric that either you're succeeding towards your goal or you're not. Uh, they should be attainable. So it should be... Uh, Realistic. Some, yeah. yeah. So the attainable is, is you know, I'm, I'm five foot nine and could hardly jump. I cannot set a goal of dunking a basketball on a basketball hoop. It's just not going to happen for me. Um, so something that's, uh, you know, objectively attainable. And then the R being realistic, that's where we kind of put our subjective self into it and look, ask yourself, are, am I willing to make the sacrifices and the effort to attain that goal? So make sure it's realistic for the person that you are. And then finally, uh, set a time. Uh, in a certain amount of time, I'm going to do this. And if, 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 if uh, that timeline doesn't, doesn't, if I don't make that timeline, can I slide it and still be good with myself that I can maybe instead of doing it in three months, I'll do it in four months. My guest, Dr. Eric Dahl, we've got about uh, eight minutes or so left. Thank you, Eric, for producing the show and reminding me of the clock. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, Jeffrey Candler, if you'd like to sponsor the show or suggest a guest, get a hold of me, jeffrey.candy77 at gmail.com. I might add as well to your smart, uh, you know, kind of, way of looking acronym for setting goals uh prioritization and commitment and lifestyle so i guess there's three components because i always hear these damn commercials with marie osmond or whoever the hell it is i lost 48 pounds in two weeks you can lose 33 pounds in four days or whatever i always ask like what's going to happen on the fifth day right in other words if it doesn't become your personal commitment to lifestyle right that you prioritize and don't let your wife define it don't let your girlfriend define it, don't let your kids define it you have to define that commitment that nobody can screw with it has to be an immutable uh you know just in a way guarded priority uh, prioritization that becomes a lifestyle Right. Or in my my opinion, don't do it at all because what are you going to do on day 27 once you lost the 10 pounds? Right. Are you going to start eating donuts again? Or are you going to commit to a lifestyle? And another thing these damn people never talk about when they're selling all their dietary, whatever the mm-hmm. hell, this is going to be hard. Right. It's going to be difficult. No one ever says it's difficult. Right. 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 But I think to be honest with people and let them know a little difficulty is not a bad thing. Right. Right. Oh, and and difficulty. 
makes makes people stronger. It's it's like uh, you know pounding your 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 steel sword out of the out of the blacksmith with the hammer. The, yeah. the, that action, uh, that annealing process, and then hammering uh, makes makes it stronger. And, yeah. and that's and that's how our bodies work too. Because the molecules become more dense. Different topic. All right, we got about five minutes. As a business person. One of the things that also changed during the Chinese virus is people started working at home, were incentivized to stay home and work. Right. Some were working, some were just getting checks from the government, which has caused a lot of our inflationary problems. But you've had a difficult time having a, you know, a box with an office with people with staff, staffing people. Right. Where right. did where did the five million people that quit or changed jobs in December? Where did they all go? And you've had a difficult time restaffing, correct? Indeed, indeed, and that has been our biggest challenge, uh, uh, you know, in the last year since we've been uh, living in the COVID environment. The first, the first year, it was a lot of fear of people, uh, uh, patients coming back out for chiropractic therapy. That's no longer the case. Now it's the issue of creating a staff that is um, uh, hardworking and. Um, uh, committed to a goal of working in a business to be successful for the for the patrons of that business, and so uh, that has been uh, our probably our biggest challenge. And, and I, I would, and I know we're not the only one. No, no, of course not. No, I mean it, almost every single business person I've had on the show because I my I, my business continues to operate. So I talk to a lot of industry leaders. Right. Literally every industry has been affected, and I surmise and conjecture that. For much of American work population, the actual work ethic itself has been affected. The psychology of the mm-hmm. work ethic. Right. I don't know that that's going to come back for a generation or so. I don't know. But you've probably seen even anecdotally that our work ethic yes. has changed and not for the better. Right, right. And that's and that's a, kind of the unfortunate thing. And, and I, I Again, I think that's more of a societal thing. Uh, I don't know what it's like in other countries. That's, that would be a good, a good topic, a good question, how the other industrialized countries view this, this topic. But from what I've observed uh, here, uh, living here in New Mexico, but I've also traveled to other regions of the country uh, throughout the past year, that uh, it doesn't seem to be much better elsewhere. And so I think it's become a societal uh, issue uh, about, about the ethic of Well, work. I think it's a human condition. I mean, a lot of these things we talk about are, you know, New Mexico is a very strange Petri dish, but the human condition is human condition. Like you said, uh, Diocletian, whatever emperor at the time, built the Vespasian, built the Colosseum to distract the Romans from some of the economic woes they were having and some of the military defeats they were suffering because people wanted to go see the lions eat a bunch of Christians. Right. And I'm not being, you know, flippant about it. But when you distract people, they're not paying attention to what's really going on. Right. That's been going on for thousands of years. It goes on today. It does. You know, when Biden wants uh, a war in Ukraine, so it distracts from his woeful and pathetic incompetence as a president, it takes away the distraction from his incompetency. And yes, I believe people like that have always wanted distraction. Because it takes away from looking at their own 
you know, inabilities or incompetencies. Got about right. three minutes. So okay. what have we <laughs> only on straight talk with Jeffrey Candler, Dr. Dahl got about two and a half minutes. Okay. Anything we didn't touch on that you'd like to uh, conclude with? Just with an, uh, an awareness that uh, typically February is considered uh, both in the chiropractic and the medical profession, uh, heart health month um, because you know, Valentine's day, you know, everybody loves, loves the heart. Uh, but uh, uh, chiropractic, uh, for people that are generally healthy and not in a severe disease condition, can help people with, with heart issues. And so uh, chiropractic therapy helps uh, balance the, the nervous system so the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems work better in harmony, which actually then takes less stress on the heart. Um, it, uh, it can help rate, increase our heart rate variability which is uh, uh, one of the uh, qualities that measures our, our, our um, autonomic tone, which is the sympathetic and parasympathetic. Uh, and so by restoring better heart rate variability, people sleep better, people recover better, and uh, uh, it's less stress on the heart. Yeah. And so if uh, anybody would like to talk about further topics, uh, please feel free to come by uh, our office. Your contact information again? Yes, uh, our contact at Paula Chiropractic Health and Wellness. We're on Albuquerque's west side. Area code 505-792-3311. Very good, Dr. Dahl. It has been a pleasure. I'll have uh, you back again as we continue to move forward through this Chinese virus. Um, Remember, folks, overcome fear, be convicted to something, have a curious mind. Thank you again. Straight Talk with Jeffrey Candler. Good to hear from you. Good to hear some straight talk. Good to hear differing opinions. Probably not going to hear on any other station except here on 1600 AM KIVA. Also on rockoftalk.chat and abq.fm. Keep listening for Liberty Lovers.